0: Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to episode number 54 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boke, and I am your host. And joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, and the man who stopped investing because he lost interest, Matt Collins. <laughs> Matt, how are you today, sir? I lost interest. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You doing all right I today?
1: Do. Yeah, I'm doing great. See oh, you, man. I lost some interest. That's though, right. So, yeah, you're losing me.
0: That's right. Also joining us in the studio, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you, sir?
1: I think we should have a new segment called stock tips with Matt, <laughs>
2: there stock we go. Matt yes. can give you all of his stock tips. I know, like this from his big investment portfolio. There'll be a
1: lot of comments saying he does not know what he's doing.
0: <laughs> I mean,
2: honestly, your tips would probably be about as good as experts. I was about to say, <laughs> just,
0: just throw a dart. Everybody's just do better. guessing. Yeah. 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 yeah probably, all right, cool. Let's Absolutely. Do, let's do it. Yeah. Stock let's tips do. with Matt. So where do we invest today, Matt? Um, just say Apple would be fine. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say right. to Apple. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's like good the job. old... These are road mics. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there we go. R- road mics. Job. Well, gentlemen, it's good to see you guys. We had kind of a kind of a long weekend with Labor Day weekend, and so uh, I want to you know kind of hear all about your weekend. I know there were some fun things that happened, and uh, Adam, we'll start with you. I mean, Friday night, you and I got to hang out for a little <laughs> bit, which was fun, so we, let's go there. We had a good time Friday night, yeah. so
2: uh, the Pike Road Live YouTube channel... <clears throat> broadcast the football game every single week and I was I subbed in Friday night so I got to do the play-by-play and you subbed in running camera that's right (laughs) so uh we (laughs) were sitting on top of the press box at Pike Road High School for uh, three three and a half hours for the greatest high school football game I've ever seen in my life it was amazing so to actually get to call the game right was pretty incredible so man that was a lot of fun and if you didn't get to see the game um I don't even know how, where we would start. If you go
0: to the Pike Road Live yeah. channel, you can watch it. You mean, should watch it. It, it had it's everything amazing. in the game, yeah.
2: in, including a uh, come-from-behind touchdown win, basically with 30 seconds to go in the game. Yeah,
0: controversial ending, so, um, spike in the football. Man, yeah. So it was, I'll go watch uh, it.
2: It was fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a lot of fun and um, good time. And then we went out of town and went over to see our parents over in the Atlanta area, saw Morgan's parents, got to hang out with them uh, for the start of college football season on Saturday. There so we that go. was a lot of fun. Yep. And then uh, went over to my parents' house on Sunday, and then my brother and his wife and their three boys were there, and my sister and her husband and their three kids. So all the grandkids got Full to house. hang out. Yeah, man, we had a great yeah. time. We usually don't get to do that, but once a year at Christmas, so it was kind of fun to get to do that um, kind of randomly. Labor Day weekend, it just worked out with everybody's calendar. So yeah. we had a great time. Came back in town and um, – Glad to be back with you guys. Went to a really great church Sunday morning. Okay. So, uh, you know, we went as a family to another church, and uh, it's fun just to sit with my family and worship mm-hmm. together. That's awesome. Uh, we never really get to do that, because I'm usually up there preaching, yeah. so mm-hmm. that was awesome. And um when the sermon started I pulled out my phone and I think Morgan thought I was like writing down things that I had observed about the church <laughs> but I was legitimately taking notes on the sermon so well, there it was a really good sermon and I was taking some notes and actually came away with some really good things I felt the Lord kind of you know, spoke to me about. So um, it was awesome. We had yeah. a great weekend. Good. Uh, missed seeing my Vaughn Forest Church family, but I knew you guys would do a f- fantastic job. So I did watch online later on demand, oh, yeah. and it was an amazing service. Both of y'all awesome. Missed my Vaughn Force family. Can't wait to see them again this Sunday. But yeah, we had a good weekend getting
0: away. Yeah, good yeah. deal. Matthew, how about you? We also went to an amazing church <laughs> this weekend, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we did. Yeah. So how how uh, was your weekend?
1: It was good. Not as exciting as you guys on your, your Friday nights. Um, we hung out with some friends, and then— uh, You just hurt your Friends' feelings very badly, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Apologize, Matthew. That's I'm right. so sorry. That's right. Um, I was very sarcastic yeah. with the uh, football stuff. Oh, so, yeah. uh, gotcha. Yeah, uh, sorry. Gotcha. That's the, my apology. My friends know me. Yes, um, I'm sorry. So, uh and then what else? We? I mean, we rearranged our kitchen. So. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's that exciting. <laughs> that's Super fun. Super thrilling. Yeah, butter knives fun. go here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, so. so
0: Friday night obviously I was uh at the game <laughs> and what's really interesting you know this this last kind of pass play that thing got clipped. and It's been seen like over ten thousand times on just Facebook. Like it's insane. Yeah. So I was really glad I was actually paying attention to the camera. Yeah, at we're that glad point. you didn't miss that shot. Yeah, that, no. that would have been bad. Uh, but no. And then uh, you we had one job. That's right. We were uh, we were mostly at the house. You know, getting ready for for Sunday morning. Had great time Sunday morning. Really uh, really proud of all of our folks. You know, with me kind of in big church is what we call it. Yeah. Uh, we had some of big our student church. leaders step up to kind of lead up there, and they did a fantastic job. And then uh, yesterday for Labor Day. We kind of just hung around the house and you know didn't do a whole lot. I did go buy a new dishwasher. We were oh, looking for a Labor Day okay. Labor Day sale and we found one. All right. So uh, that'll- did you install it? No, it it had to be ordered as okay. as in okay. everything else. There's nothing in stock, right? And so it's <laughs> it's get on its <laughs> way next yeah. June. Yeah. And, we'll and let get me it. let me be when clear. He needs another one. I paid for someone yeah. to uh, come and install yeah, it. Dishwashers yeah. are tricky. Yeah. yeah, I don't want it to flood, so yeah, no. uh, so we're not doing <laughs> that. <laughs> it involves water. Yeah, someone else I'm like, no, nah, I don't really feel yeah. confident yeah, with that. So anyway, so yeah, so we got a new dishwasher, and that'll be here, you know, soon. So it's good times. good nice. It was a nice weekend. Just got to hang out and not not really get to do a whole lot, you know. After. Well, you preached. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, other,
2: that's true. Other than that, yeah, other, so than, after that, the other, other than that, got great got job. To relax. Yeah, you, you did a great job yeah. of the message, and it's the last one in this series, right? Yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. That. wow.
1: Yeah. So, so we wrapped up, uh, Joshua. Yeah. ready or not, ready or ready not, not. It's, it's we over. wrapped yeah. it up. <laughs> ready or not, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: over. Whether you're ready for it or not, <laughs> right. it was done.
1: But we wrapped up with a guy named Aiken. That's right. So for those that missed the message that weren't there. um, can you kind of sum up, how do we get to Achan, and, like, who is he?
0: Yeah, sure. Well, first off, just let me say that his name uh, offered a lot of possibilities for the title of this message. You know, don't <laughs> tell my heart, my Achan-breaking heart, you know, something along those lines. Uh, we're glad you didn't go yeah, those directions no, no, no. with it. Yeah, so just to kind of real briefly sum up, you know, we talked about in the message, but so Israel, uh, the nation of Israel, they're enslaved in Egypt. The guy named Moses, which most folks have probably heard of, leads them out. God says, mm-hmm. we're going to take you to a promised land, and— uh they disobey, 40 years in the desert, Joshua becomes kind of the leader of Israel, and they mm-hmm. cross the Jordan, and, uh, and they're heading to a town called Jericho. They're going to have their conquest of this town, Jericho, and Adam obviously, you know, talked about that, you know, a couple weeks ago, did yep. a great job unpacking all that. Uh, but it's really interesting— you know, as they're crossing, as they're about to go into Jericho, they come up on someone in Scripture, says the commander of the Lord's armies, and Joshua falls down and worships him, and he doesn't stop him. And so, you know, a lot of folks think that this is, what, a Christophany in the Old Testament, literally, you know, the pre-incarnate Jesus showing up. and Because usually, like, if it's an angel or someone mm-hmm. like that, they say, no, 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 don't, don't, don't worship worry. me. Yeah. That's right. And he tells them, like, hey, you guys aren't even going to have to fight. So for 40 years, mm-hmm. the Israelites have been getting ready. I mean, if this was like a, a montage— you know, a battle, years? a training they're, montage. They're training. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, you know, whatever the Israeli equivalent of Journey is, you know, music behind <laughs> it, you know, going on. Which Journey would have been an, an apropos yeah, name, yeah.
2: you know, for. I think I of the Tiger might have been a little better. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, that would have worked. Sorry to interrupt. That would have worked. No, I of the good.
0: Tiger. <laughs> yes. And so, so they can't understand. They're not going to have to do much, you know, in this battle, but they go and they march around and God gives them the victory and God tells them, like, hey, don't take any of the plunder. Which wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense to them because they needed these supplies. Yeah. Literally the chapter before this, uh, God had stopped you know, sending the manna from heaven. Mm-hmm. So they think we need these supplies, but God wanted to teach them that he was going to be the source of everything they would need. Right. And, um, and so most everyone does that, except for there's a guy named Achan who sees <laughs> some stuff and he— Covets is what scripture says. He wants that stuff. And, uh, and he takes uh, some silver, some gold, uh, and I think a robe. And uh, and that's kind of where our story begins today with, with Achan sin.
2: Buried it under his tent. That's right. You know what I loved about your message? The line where you said when they're going to fight AI, <laughs> yeah. you're like, it'd be like Luke Skywalker defeats Darth Vader and then the Ewoks beat him. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was like, yeah. That was a good line. Yeah. That was yeah. a very good line. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's kind of what
0: happens. Yeah. You yeah. So these... They
2: send the JV team yeah. instead of the varsity guys and they yeah. get whipped yeah. by get this handed. little town Literally. called AI. Literally.
0: It's, supposed to, it's like the third string folks. This yeah. is like I think I said it's like the fourth quarter of an Alabama football game. Yeah. You know, out or, of conference game. I, mean, I think we can make that a UGA <laughs> uh, there um, you go. reference as well. Insert joke about Bo Nix here. Yeah, anyway.
2: You got to give both. Give the young man a little bit of slack, okay, Chad. I mean, come fair on, yeah. he's a good young man. He married his married his wife this summer. He's you know he's moved out of state. I think we can bless the man now. Sure. Okay, uh, we whipped him on Saturday. But we can bless the man. All right, sorry, so, we got to get back yeah. to the store. So, uh, so
0: yeah, so he buries the, he buries the stuff, <laughs> and uh, and then Israel goes to fight at AI, and and they get it handed to him, man. I mean, it's 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 not a good thing. And so uh, so then that's, you know, like I said, that's kind of where we pick it up, you know, yeah. with, with what's happening. And, um, you know, Adam, I, I want to kind of ask you about this, because one of the first points in the message was about how faith obeys even when it doesn't make sense. You know, you've said several times that oftentimes understanding comes after obedience. So why do you think that is? Why doesn't God just make it plain to us, you know, from the, from the get-go? Um, well, I think he's
2: trying to make it plain by telling us, Obey these things, sure. because He created us. He knows what's best for us. It's just we're we're sinful, you know. And even after we experience salvation, we still battle our old sin nature. So, you know, to to think like God and to see God's word is something that I need to submit myself to—that's certainly Holy Spirit work. You know, right. I've, I've got to. Yeah, I can be saved and redeemed and have the Holy Spirit in me and still look at the Bible and go, no, nah, I'm going to go my own way. Mm-hmm. You know, That's no guarantee mm-hmm. for obedience. And so I, I still have to actively submit my will to God's will. But if you think about, um, you know, if you're a parent out there, you know, my boys are old enough now where uh, they're in a season of life where, I'm not just commanding obedience to keep them alive. That that That's when they're toddlers, especially right. with three little boys. Right. I mean, right. they're always five minutes away from death. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just how it is. You know, and the first five years of their life, you just don't stick the fork in the outlet. Don't jump off the table. You know, he's right. running with scissors, you know, all the things. Wow. So now we're in the season where we give them clear instructions. We ask uh-huh. them to do things. And there's a certain level of implied trust on their end if they actually do what we ask them to do. Right. They're they're they are saying through their behavior, hopefully, all right. Dad must know something I don't, and I'm going to do what he asks me to do. Now, what if every time I asked him to do something, I said, "All right, this is what I want you to do," and if you do it, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Well, on some level, we're kind of missing the entire point. (laughs) You know, what is the point of communicating instruction for the purpose of obedience? It's to build trust, Mm -hmm. and it's to also help them experience what's best for them in their life. Well, the moment I insert then some type of, you know, outside motivation other than those things, we're kind of missing the entire— Let's think about your relationship with God that way. So if God, you know, clearly says something in scripture, commands us to obey, and we're like, but I want the reward, God. is right. like the parent going, and I'll give you a hundred bucks. <laughs> so what's he trying to do? Same thing. Cultivate yeah. trust so that we can experience life to the fullest is how Jesus would describe <clears throat> that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, if you really look at it from God's perspective, the best we can try to think of it through the lens of good parenting and then what it requires of us then is is trust. Yeah. I'm going to trust here that God knows something I don't and I'm going to go with him even if I'm not seeing it this I'm not seeing it the way that that would make sense right now. Right. He's already shown me enough. Mm-hmm. You know, God's goodness is enough for me to follow in his ways. And so it really is all about getting back to this relationship. That God doesn't God doesn't he doesn't need anything from us. God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. And so he's yeah. trying to cultivate trust. And um obedience is gonna be the main avenue in our lives that he seeks to cultivate that trust. That's really what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if you obey, you are trusting that a greater authority knows something you don't and they're looking Mm -hmm. out for you. Yeah. That's that's called being a kid. All right. Right. You know? So if you're one of God's children, that's the same principle (laughs) when it comes to obedience.
0: Yeah, you know, and God even talks about that in Romans. You know, He's working all things out, you know, for his glory, for our good. Mm -hmm. Uh and you know, not to shift the topic, but you know, you talk about how there's this trust relationship and I mean, would you say that one of the clearest pictures we see of that is like tithing? You know, we trust God with our finances that God can do more with 90% than we can do 100%. Would you say that that would be a good example of this?
2: I think it's the most tangible example. Sure. It's the, yeah. I mean, I would go so far as to say it's the only tangible example. Mm-hmm. So show me a tangible way you can trust mm-hmm. God. Well, money, you can hold it. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. tangible. Right. You can look at the balance when you check your balance online. Yeah. You can see it. And, and it's the only thing God says we can actually test him in, mm. which I think is God's way of saying, and I know this one's tough. right? <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm going to actually let you test me because, yeah, that's Guys, hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jesus says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So you care about the things you give money to. And so, yeah, God's going out of his way to help us along. We're, we're kids. We yeah. kind of need, We need a little help. We need a little encouragement. But to the Christian who says, you know, I really trust God and I, you know, really think obedience matters. But I'm not trusting him with my finances, you got some things to work through. Sure. Mm-hmm. For the Christian who says, I trust God with all of my eternity, but I don't trust him with the money I have today, yeah. I I you have more faith than me. <laughs> because if you can't trust God with money you have right now, how are you telling me you're trusting him with the rest of your eternity? Right. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's just a lot there that you've got to unpack. And yeah. so yeah, we'll we'll do that. In fact, we're gonna do a message. Not on tithing, but we are going to do a message tied to finances from God's perspective, biblical Mm -hmm. principles, in this next series. So we'll come in here that week, and we'll have all kind of fun conversations about that. That'll be
1: good. Well, I have a question that I kind of was thinking through. Why did God punish all of Israel at AI for one man's disobedience? I mean, is that kind of like the— you, you dropped the ball kind of at football practice, so everybody's got to run. Everybody's got to run laps. Yeah. That kind as, of deal. As a
2: coach of a, of a used football team, that's a very good example.
1: Yeah. I like that. Everybody's got to run because Matt dropped the ball. Yeah, like, yeah I like that. Yeah, it
2: sounds like a, a story when you to unpack there, Matt. Yeah, bad yeah. it's like
1: I played soccer, not football. so You could quit using your hands. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, like that's I can good. catch it with my feet.
2: Well, God communicates in the Old Testament to you know, individuals Mm -hmm. and then God also communicates to his people. So God gives commands to individuals and then God gives commands to his people. Mm -hmm. So depending on which train you're on, that's going to (laughs) determine like what happens from there. So this is a clear command given to all of God's people that clearly everybody understood except for one guy. (laughs) You know? So there there are consequences then when there has been a command given to a community of faith. Mm And one individual in that community disobeys that. He's not just bringing consequences on himself, but that Mm. entire community. That's hard for us as individualistic Americans in the 21st century. But um, in that time, that would have been a very— that would not have seemed strange, right? Yeah, you know, I was actually I'm reading a biography on Thomas Jefferson right now because I realized a few months ago I I, I have not given him a fair shot. Okay, so um, you know I've kind of put him in an, my own little category <laughs> yeah. that I, I I don't really I don't have a lot of respect for him and, and and a lot of his views I just really have issues with. Okay, I'm like okay maybe you need to give him a shot. So like I'm I'm reading you're, a biography getting... on Thomas Jefferson and so far it hasn't really changed my opinion of the man, <laughs> but one of the things that I was reading last week was talking about um, <clears throat> when the Declaration of Independence was released, and then when we had the Bill of Rights, that there were some writers from, I want to say they were in France, uh, probably England, <laughs> but because that was kind of the nation, obviously, that we were breaking away from. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't politically motivated. It was ass- essentially the individual that wrote this, an academic at the time, was making I mean, in our modern-day language, making fun of the idea of the right of an individual. Mm. So you, you got to think in terms of monarchy. you got to think right. in terms yeah. of title by birth. Yeah. This notion that an individual person has rights, it really was revolutionary. Right. Mm-hmm. It really was something that people couldn't even get their heads wrapped around. Right. Okay, so if you go further back in history— You know, this notion that individual people actually have a voice, they have a say, they get to determine their own future. Mm -hmm. You don't, life isn't dictated to you just by your last name and the family you come from. All of that started with the founding of our amazing nation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you really go back in all of human history, we we see like one guy did this and everybody gets punished. Well, yes, that's how all of human history worked. You know, So God's not acting outside of the norm of culture. This is, but- To now bring it back to the Old Testament, he had violated a clear command. There were going to be clear consequences. There are implications of that. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I'll step outside of Scripture for a second, I think that God dealing with that in a very harsh way is a really good story to have in the story of the nation of Israel. Right. Mm-hmm. If obedience mm-hmm. matters, then mm-hmm. you've got to make sure that story gets passed down from yeah. one generation to the right. next. Right. So, right. again, this is me giving my own thoughts. That, right. that part's not, you won't find that verse in the Bible. Sure. But I think there's a lot of yeah. just good implications for yeah. the way God handled that.
0: Man. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good point. First off, I think we need to have a segment called Adam Judges Historical Figures. <laughs> <laughs> and like Just like, so Adam, what do you think of Plato? <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. and, and, <laughs> well, I was reading about him the Come other day. On, man. But no I no, think, I think that's great.
2: Platonic yeah, thought has honestly done a lot of damage in <laughs> Christianity. Here he so, comes. Yeah, <laughs> He's got we, it. we could do that.
0: Douglas MacArthur. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, but but no, he's got something to say. It was a really good speech that he gave.
2: But Harry Truman was right, so he had to go. Go ahead. That's I'm right. Sorry. You, no, no, you no. got
0: to stop. dude. No, <laughs> he's going to keep going. To uh, to your point about obedience, I think I think it was very important that God was you know getting this idea of obedience you know into the nation of Israel, getting making sure they understand how important it was. Because, and we talked about this in the message on Sunday. I mean, sin is opposite to everything God is. It steals and it kills and it Mm -hmm. destroys. And, And God knows that at the end of that sin path is only destruction. Now, the interesting thing is, over and over again, Israel would disobey and God would bring them back in line. And ultimately, and you know, you see in the Old Testament, our need for a savior. And that's why God was so faithful. So, and the irony of that
2: is that in this example, you have one person sinning and everybody gets punished. The irony is that Jesus flips the script.
0: That's really good. So
2: you have one person who's sinless, and then he's punished for everybody else mm-hmm. who sinned. Mm-hmm. So you know, Achan is not a, a a in any way like a person who's pointing us to Jesus. But it is something where, if you really <laughs> stop and think about it. The, it's the inverted. That's really you know, is yeah. what Jesus did when he came. So, you know, you said it well in the message, Chad. We're all aching in the story. Right. You know, that's us. <laughs> that's like, us. We're the ones who bury the treasure beneath our tent and, yeah. you know, tell God, nope, I know better than you. Right. So that's, you know, the story isn't for us to go, well, I'm, I'd have been like those people. You know, right. I'd have been like. <laughs> right. No, you know, <laughs> you, you're idea. aching. Yeah, you, yeah. You're aching in the story. Yeah, I'm so, aching in the right. story. So we all want to do things our way when God has clearly stated his way. Right. So that, you did a great job of pointing that out well, in the message.
0: Uh, I appreciate that. So I want to ask you about something that happens because I think it's very interesting. When Israel suffers this defeated Ai, it says that Joshua and the other elders, they go and they tear their clothes, they put dust on their heads, and they fall before the Ark of the Lord, which I assume is the Ark of the Covenant. And it says that he stays there. So can we unpack what is happening in the situation?
2: Yeah, it's ceremonial mourning okay. that was commanded and it was practiced. And so even earlier in the series when... Joshua and Caleb came back and gave their report and the people were siding with the other spies, the first thing Joshua and Caleb did was it says they tore their clothes. Hmm. So this was a sign of mourning. Um, And there were actually commands and uh, rituals and customs when it came to how people were supposed to mourn. And uh, you see that even being practiced in, in Jesus's three years of public ministry. So you know, we don't mourn like that anymore. But I do think we've lost the value sometimes of of going into seasons of mourning. You know, <clears> being a joyful Christian doesn't mean that you can't acknowledge pain. It doesn't mean that you can't acknowledge loss. It doesn't mean that at a funeral, all you have to do is sing praise songs and be happy that person's with Jesus. Right. Sometimes you're actually in a genuine season of mourning. Right. So, um, So you're like, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, is that okay? Am I supposed to stay there? Right. So, you know, mourning and um, loss and grief, they're all um, very powerful emotions and everybody handles them differently. So if you're going through a season of loss right now and you just feel this need to mourn that loss, what I would tell you is that's okay. Yeah. That's a perfect, that's a perfectly human emotion and response. And they were actually given behaviors to incorporate into that emotion wow. during this time. Mm-hmm. But the hope in all of this is when we read, you know, the 23rd Psalm, it says that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it doesn't say that we stay there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jesus will walk us through that. And I do believe there's a day where you can get on the other side of the morning, mm-hmm. the other side of the valley of the shadow of death. But I think sometimes Christians, in their haste to really be helpful, rush people through that.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. And
2: um, that's probably not helpful either. But yeah, yeah, this is just a real clear example of them outwardly demonstrating. This isn't good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 this would have been a very normal practice for them to do. And Joshua had already done it earlier in one of the messages we looked at a few weeks ago. Yeah.
0: What, what a great point you have there, though, about grief and mourning. Because I think, you know, I've, I've referred to it as bumper sticker theology. <laughs> you know, some of these things that you know, believers say to each other, and it com- it comes from a good place. It starts a yeah. good place. But I love what you said there about grief and mourning being really a healthy and normative thing in, in your life. Like, you don't want to yeah, wallow there. you just got to feel it, man. That's
2: right. Two things can be true at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. w- you can know that person's in a better place. Mm-hmm. They're with Jesus. Right. And I and really sad that they're no longer here with me.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: And you can have joy that they're healed and pain that they're no longer with you. Right. Yeah. You don't have to choose. Yeah. We're very complex emotional beings. And and why? Because we were created in the image of God. Yeah. So if anyone understands that, it's God, your heavenly father. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we do think you have to be one or the other. And um, yeah. that's just not necessarily the case. But again, I would say to someone, there's a season to everything. So if you find mm-hmm. yourself stuck in a perpetual season right. that you can't move mm-hmm. through, you're not you know, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You've pitched a tent and you've camped out there. That's right. right well, now it's time to, to get some help. And there's nothing more powerful than saying, I need help. Mm-hmm. It's not a sign of weakness. And so, yeah, that's a complex thing. And um It's funny we're talking about this, because as I've been praying through, like, what am I going to preach on next year? That's kind of one of the things that keeps circling back around in my own time with the Lord. So we might unpack that at some point. Loss, Mm -hmm. shame, scars, pain. Because, man, it's just where most of us are at. Everybody's gone through something or Mm -hmm. currently are going through something. What are we supposed to do with that? So, yeah, I'm glad we're talking about this today.
1: So, Chad, I got a question for you, man. You said um, yesterday that, you know, sin... Um, never stays hidden forever, mm-hmm. uh, and in Aiken's case, it, like it was exposed in front of the whole right. nation of Israel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Didn't even stay hidden long. No, not not at all. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, what does that look like today? Because you know, I feel like you know, when people sin, some of that does, is not exposed sure. um, to people around them. Um, Help me understand that point um, in today's world.
0: Yeah, you know, so oftentimes, I mean, sin does get exposed. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, justified or not, look at the cancel culture that we've seen in our world, you know, for so long. I mean, something somebody tweeted or put on Facebook 10 years ago comes (laughs) back and gets them. Yeah. Well, and there's even more than that. And and you can look at, I mean, just turn on the news and you see people that have sinned, done things wrong, that gets exposed, lives are ruined, leads to broken families, broken homes. Yeah. Ultimately, what that point is getting at is there is a holy God. You know, Proverbs fifteen three says that God God's eyes are everywhere. Yeah. So God sees all of that. And so lots of times we as believers, I think we buy into this lie, you know, intentionally or not, that we can compartmentalize these different parts of our lives, that who we are in public is going to be different than who sure. we are behind yeah. closed doors when we think no one's watching. But yeah. God sees all. And yeah. so... You know, even if our sin doesn't necessarily get exposed to those around us, like God sees it mm-hmm. and, and our, no sin will stay hidden forever. And just like Achan thought, well, I can hide this under the tent. Yeah, we tried to hide our sin, yeah. you know, bury it deep down. Yeah. And I use the analogy, you know, it's supposed to be kind of funny in the message of the little kid with frosting on his oh, face. And, uh, and the dad's going like, did you eat the cupcake? He's like, nope. No. Yeah, I don't know what well, you're talking about, enough, Yeah, man. exactly. It's written all over your face. Yeah, dude. that's right. And that's and my point was, that's us with God. God's yeah. looking at us with frosting all over our face going, really? And we're like, I don't know what you're talking about, God. <laughs> and at the end of the day, like, none of that sin's going to stay hidden forever.
1: I, I, I like the, the one video that you had. It was like the little girl said, <laughs> Winnie did it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you poop your pants? And she says, no, Winnie, the dog pooped we've been my been pants. we around the house. No, Winnie did it. That's right. <laughs> so great. Those are fantastic videos.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is a hard question and it's a hard discussion to have, but from a loving—from a place of love, because we we love you if you're listening, Mm -hmm. we're your pastors, um, whatever you think you're getting away with, you're not. It's just a matter of time. Yep. One of Satan's biggest strategies in all of our lives is to withhold the consequences of our Mm -hmm. sin.
0: Yeah, That's interesting.
2: So if you were brought up in a way, maybe you're in church and you were always told like, hey, if you sin, there's going to be consequences to that. And Mm -hmm. you had good parents who told you, choice, consequence, Mm -hmm. and and you bought into that. And I would say good. That's a great way to approach life. What happens when you do something you weren't supposed to do and nothing bad happens? You think, well, maybe I'm the exception. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm getting away with it. Maybe nothing. They were all lying to me. They Mm -hmm. were just trying to keep me from having fun. You know, they were imposing their own value system onto me. What did they know? What's happening there is Satan is actually withholding the consequences because what he's trying to do is lead you in further along. Like Mm -hmm. he's, he's trapping you more. And then when you least expect it. He will unleash all of the consequences at once in your life. This is why a lot of times when you see people who have these really big, you know, sinful things that come out and you're like, my goodness, like what happened? Well, what happened was Satan had been leading them on that path for two decades, Mm -hmm. but Satan waited until they got into a place, a position where that would actually affect a lot more people before Mm. he unleashed the consequences. So um, there's just a really good way to try to approach life. Everything you're doing, just act like everybody in your life knows about it. Right. (laughs) And if you'll live your life that way, you won't try to keep things from people. Right. Um, And you'll sleep a lot better, (laughs) you know? So if you're currently involved in something that you shouldn't be involved in, it might be a secret sin no one knows about. You might be in an illicit affair with somebody else. I don't know. You might be stealing money from your employer. Yeah, name name the sin. Like we just do a whole podcast called Name That Sin. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so like the worst game show what, of all time. Whatever Man, it is, you're insane. you're doing what something is? you're not supposed to be doing. If you will own it today with whoever you need to own it with, mm-hmm. it will be one of the worst days of your life because you're going to have to be honest. And it's not going to go well. Mm. And for you to go into that conversation expecting that person to show you grace and just forgive you and love you anyway, you're an idiot. All right, it's going to be really, <laughs> really bad. And to have expectations other than that, you, so again, no one's being truthful with you. Okay, Again, we're doing this all. I'm telling you just because I love you as your pastor. But as bad as that day would be today, the longer you wait, it only will get worse. Because it's not a question of if, it's just when. Mm-hmm. So years ago, Chad, I think I can tell this story on the podcast. If not, we'll censor it out later. But years ago, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, before I ever became a dad, you know, I'm hanging out with a bunch of pastors late night at camp, you know, we're all sitting around probably at a Waffle House somewhere, you know, eating and uh, they're just sharing stories. You know, this this guy told me this and this man helped me see it this way. And, you know, men investing in other men, like just how we grow in godliness. And one of the pastors spoke up and he had a couple of kids at the time. And, you know, I figured at some point and Morgan, and I probably would have kids. I mean, I figured that's what I hope that's what the Lord had planned. And he just said, you know, what an old pastor told me one time, he said, he told me, I guess i you know, Mary, kids. he said, he told me if Satan ever tempts you to cheat on your wife, the very next thought you need to have in your head is you're in your living room at home telling your wife and your kids what you did. And he goes, you'll fight that temptation every time. Just wow. fight him right mm-hmm. back. Just fight him back with the truth. He's trying to plant. you could cheat on your wife and nobody would know. Fight the enemy. Fight the lie with the truth. No, here's the truth. Everybody would know, and I'd have to be the one to deliver that information to the people who love me the most. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know what? It's been really in spiritual warfare, that's been a really good counterattack <clears throat> to the enemy's temptation in my life. Mm, yeah. When Satan comes to tempt you, and it may not be with that. It mm-hmm. might be with something else. The very next thing you need to counter him with is the truth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not a big deal to do drugs only once. No, the truth is you never know when you do it once if that'll be what kills you. Now, right. That's the truth. Yes. Right. You know, so it's not a big deal. To, this is what Satan will do. So if you can counter temptations and lies with truth, you're going to have a good shot. Mm-hmm. But if you've given in to some of those temptations and you've started down a path that you don't need to be on, stop it today. Right. And it'll be bad, and there will be repercussions. But it will only get worse from here. Right. And <clears throat> it's always better to tell on yourself than to be found out. That's right. Mm-hmm. So if someone finds you out, the consequences will be a lot worse. Okay. So again, I'm not trying to take bring the podcast down, but we're trying the other six. Yeah. Like we're trying to do this yeah. to help people walk in their faith the other six days yeah. of the week. Mm-hmm. So if that's where you are we're lovingly telling you these are the steps to take.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we talked about that in the message that whatever you try to cover, it will be exposed, but whatever you uncover, mm-hmm. there is grace and mercy. So mm-hmm. with that in mind, we're going to, we're going to head into the area of speculation here a little bit, but okay. I would love to hear your opinion on this, Adam. All right. So we know Achan sins and he and his entire family are executed. Everything he owns is destroyed, burned, and they literally heap rocks up over him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this question. What if Achan, he had seen these things, he had taken them, he had buried them, he walks out of his tent, he stops, and he goes, what have I done? He goes, he uncovers it, he goes to Joshua, he goes to the elders before the battle at Ai, and he says, I have sinned, I need forgiveness. Do you think he would have received grace and mercy at that point? What do you think might have happened?
2: Uh, The exact same thing that did happen would have happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fairly certain. Now I'm not there, and you're sure. asking me to speculate. Yeah, yeah. This, this is this, but um, speculation. You know, Old Testament law was very very clear. Mm. It's black and white. So again, not there. Um, spe- pure speculation. I did yeah. not pull what I'm about to say from the Bible. That's Let me right. Make sure yeah. Disclaimer, that, loud okay? and clear. Yeah. But um, I would imagine that more than one person in Old Testament times would have had that reaction after committing adultery. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done this. And yet, what happens? You're stoned.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it's very clear. You yeah. commit adultery, like you're, you die. Right. So, um, again, this is this is law, man. This is God said, do this, and you did that. Here is the consequence of that. This is why, if you look at Jesus, when they bring the woman caught in adultery, it, it's not a discussion. There's no discussion to have. They look at Jesus and they say, we caught this woman in the very act of adultery. Okay, well, that 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 yeah. leads to a series of questions. So I am of the opinion that they had set all that up. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we caught her in the very act of adultery, the Pharisees. The law, according to Moses, says she should be stoned to death. What do you say? Th- there's no wiggle room. And Jesus, what does he do, man? It's just, you know, questions to ask in heaven. What did he write in the dirt? You know, <laughs> but I don't know. But when he said, he who was without sin cast the first stone, that's a whole new deal. That's a whole new deal. And then the irony, of course, of that is there was one person there who could have done that. Yeah. And he didn't. Mm. So, you know, Jesus is the only person who could have cast that stone at the sinner, And yet we know Jesus would ultimately pay the payment for her sin that day, as well as every other sin that's ever been committed. But to get back to our story now, is a clear command with clear consequences. Yeah. You 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 did this. So whatever regret you have doesn't erase the fact that you blatantly violated what God said not to do. Right. So I think the same thing would have happened.
0: And and it is such a good reminder that we were never going to be able to live up to the standard. We were mm-hmm. never going to be able to do it and and again, we said it at the end of the message, God is always faithful.
2: Yeah. So because that is a blatant act of disobedience right yeah you see what i'm saying yeah, 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 you know yeah. it's not like i turned in my test and forgot to write my name on the paper right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's like how'd this gold get under
1: my tent <laughs> you know
2: so winnie yeah <laughs> winnie. <laughs> yeah. yeah So yeah, that that's why again that's, speculation yeah. that's why no, i have yeah, that yeah. opinion
0: i think that's really good so
1: you know often people look at god in the old testament and god in the new testament differently so you it's know, like God has a curfew yeah, in the Old yeah, Testament, right. in the New it's, Testament. It's, it's like, like, oh, he's like your cool yeah, uncle. He yeah, cool yeah, uncle. Yeah. Yeah. So like you know, the Old Testament full of you know anger and wrath, and then you know New Testament grace and mercy. Um, so Adam, what would you say to somebody who is looking at God like that? There, that He's two different people. There, well,
2: this story would probably f- fuel that. Yeah, right. you yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially
1: the answer I just
2: gave yeah, to your last exactly. question. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, let's talk about that for a while, and maybe my view of that. Question makes more maybe why I answered the last question the way I did. So I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk yeah, about this sure. for a second. But okay, so grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. That's what you said. Yeah, All grace right. and mercy. That's kind of New Testament, and then yeah, okay. Anger old and t- anger, and wrath. yeah, wrath. Yeah, wrath the old you know, you're, you're out. No second
1: it's chances. Like you. Because yeah, we you're out, way you. Way yeah. Out. Yeah.
2: Okay. So. One way of looking at that would be we tend to see God as the God of justice in the Old Testament. Achan got what he deserved. Mm -hmm. If you commit adultery, you're going to die. Like, this is justice. But then when we get to the New Testament, it's like God is showing people mercy and God is showing people grace. And it's easy for us to say, well, the reason why is because of what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. Like, Jesus died on the cross fulfilling the wrath of God towards sin that's merciful towards us. We don't get what we deserve. We're aching in the story, but now we we don't die because of our sin, because Jesus died right. in our place. And then God's incredibly gracious with us. And so we're like, well, you know, it's like he, he's like he let his hair down now. It's yeah. like now, now he's being this loving father. <laughs> right, yeah. And so I think that's what you're kind of— Right, yeah. All right, so if we kind of like really look at things in the Old Testament and then maybe add a couple of clarifying phrases, mm-hmm. grace is actually a pretty multifaceted, complex theological idea. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to share two terms. Okay. We're not going to get into like seven. <laughs> Let's just think in terms of this. Common grace— and saving grace. Mm-hmm. Okay. God's common grace is what allows a uh, blessing to fall on both good and evil people. Mm-hmm. God's common grace is basically why everybody gets to keep living. Mm-hmm. God's common grace is why Adam and Eve just didn't die right there in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, God's common grace is why, you know, anybody can keep breathing air as a sinful human being and not die. Mm-hmm. God's common grace is why we can put seed in the soil and then harvest it in the fall. Yeah. God's common grace are why really, really evil people could actually like do things and make money. Like they live in a mm-hmm. world that allows them to do these things. So yeah. you know yeah. so and, and it's interesting that there are some accounts in the old testament where this becomes pretty clear that God is being gracious, and God is being loving, and God is being kind, and he's actually pointing these things out about himself to people who has every reason to just wipe from the face of the earth, and yet he's not doing that. Well, then there's you know, saving grace, where God actually begins to redeem people, you know, now I was like, well, how does that happen in the Old Testament? You know, mm-hmm. how does God show people mercy in the Old Testament? Could they experience salvation the same way in the Old Testament as they do in the New Testament? Okay, mm-hmm. all good questions that we could really take an entire podcast to do. Yeah. But let me give you a really good story in the Old Testament that kind of points out this common grace, what seems mm-hmm. to be saving grace, but it's mm-hmm. still an Old Testament account, so it's not saving grace, we understand redemption through Jesus Christ today, mm-hmm. Jonah. Jonah is one of the most misunderstood books in the entire Bible. So at the end of Jonah, we, we get the whole point of the story. Mm-hmm. Jonah basically tells God, I didn't want to come preach to them because I know how gracious you are. Mm. I knew what you would do, God. These are evil people, and I know the things that they've done. And I knew you would show them mercy, and I'm going to cross my arms and stomp my foot and say, and I don't want you to do that, Dad. <laughs> like, that's Jonah, yeah. the same guy who God's grace had allowed him to live in the belly of a whale for three days. So he enjoyed it for himself, but those people— Jonah's a racist. <laughs> Those people, they, they're not worthy of your justice. I yeah. mean, your mercy. Yeah. I wow. knew you'd be merciful to yeah. them. And that's how the book ends. And we read it to kids and in in kids' wives. <laughs> <laughs> so Jonah is not someone that we think got it right. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so there's some common grace. God is being gracious to the Ninevites. Uh-huh. He's showing them mercy. He's showing them love. Why? Because God's good. Mm-hmm. So God is merciful. God is gracious. Yeah. So we see the embodiment of God's mercy and we we see the embodiment of God's grace ultimately through his son, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. But if you will look for the loving kindness the has is the Hebrew word in the Old Testament of God, if you will look for the merciful, gracious, patient, long-suffering God in the Old Testament, yeah. he's all over the pages. Mm-hmm. So I think it's easy on the surface to, to see God like that in the Old Testament and totally different in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And I would say if God... God is God throughout the the entire Bible, and if we look for it, we will see that yeah. God is just as loving, just as kind, just as gracious, just as patient with sinners in the Old Testament as we ultimately see Jesus fulfilling in the New Testament. So yeah. probably a very long way of getting to that, no, but yeah, um,
0: no,
2: I, I don't tend to put them in such separate categories mm-hmm. as it's easy to do just based on the stories that we read.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. You know, kinda kinda starting to land the plane on this conversation a little bit. You know, there's probably someone out there I I think most of us as Christ followers, we don't want to sin. We don't want to do things, you know, that we know grieve the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure there's someone out there who's listening to this who's caught up in some habitual sin. It's something they feel like they can't break away from. And we we talked about that towards the end of the message was breaking these patterns of habitual sin. So I guess my question for you is is what are some ways that we as followers of Jesus can can break those habits of sin in our lives.
2: So if we go back to the discussion we were just having, so the the implications of all of that are because of what Jesus did. You know, Jesus, when, when he said to God, why have you forsaken me? Like <clears throat> That's the ultimate punishment for what Jesus went through. Hmm. Now, Jesus, I mean, I think I can say this and everybody understand what I'm trying to say here. Jesus was a dude. Jesus wasn't scared of the cross. He wasn't scared to be whipped. He wasn't scared to have his hands and feet nailed to the... Jesus was a man, and he gladly went to the cross to purchase our salvation. They didn't drag him there, and he didn't... I mean, he was a dude. I mean, and I think we've got a Any good father would lay down their life for their wife and kids. That's okay, right. You understand, like, Jesus Jesus is that times infinity, okay? Mm. The, the thing that Jesus was broken over in the garden that he's sweating blood is the separation he was going to experience from the father. Hmm. So if you think about God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, I mean, we don't understand that level of relationship, always in existence, all participating in creation. And he is going to be cut off from the father because Jesus literally became sin. And God can't have anything to do with sin. So when Jesus said, why have you forsaken me? It's because he was embodying sin on the cross. Wow. Okay, so that's what Jesus is. If there's any other way we can do this when he's praying in the garden to his father, let's do that. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to be separated from you. And he knew that's what was going to happen. Because Jesus was obedient and faithful to go through with that, you don't ever have to worry about being treated like Achan even though we're aching in the story, the question you asked is now the response that we get. Mm-hmm. When we come to God and say, I shouldn't have done that, we get grace and we get mercy. That's why Achan didn't get the grace and mercy. It hadn't been purchased. It hadn't been provided. There actually wasn't a way for that situation to be handled any differently. Right? Yeah. It is now. So if you are wrapped up in some type of habitual sin I think the first thing that you've got to recognize is you can actually go to God without fear and to understand how amazing that is based on the story that you just taught this week yeah, right yeah. so you can go to God and he will he will accept you right there someone says well you know I got to repent of this sin so that I can be forgiven no you don't repent so you can experience forgiveness. You repent because you've already been forgiven. Mm. The moment you realize what I'm wrapped up in is what put Jesus on the cross. I want to turn away from that. That's all repentance means. I want to go in the other direction. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross and paying for this sin. I don't want to have anything to do with this anymore, Mm. but willpower will only get you so far. Mm -hmm. promises will only get you so far you've got to take you have to access the power of the holy spirit in your life to overcome entangling sin again it's so crazy we're asking this i'm going to do a message on that in this upcoming series okay Uh, Mm -hmm. one whole message on on this topic that we're talking about right now um so there are different spiritual habits and spiritual practices and steps you can take to ultimately gain victory in an area of your life that you're not experiencing victory in. But if you continue to be enslaved to sin, Jesus can break the chains of that enslavement towards that sin. The first place to start is acknowledging that he's already paid for that sin. Mm -hmm. But if you've been enslaved to something for years, maybe even decades— you're not going to be able to break free from that overnight. But step one is at least acknowledging this has been paid for. Right. I don't have to carry the, the, the weight of the guilt of this. I don't have to carry the weight of the shame of this because Jesus has actually already paid for that. So that's foundational. That's gospel. Now, the mm-hmm. implications of the gospel then are how are you going to walk in freedom? From this, That's a whole different discussion with a whole different set of steps that you have to take. And like I said, it's actually going to be an entire message in this upcoming series because I do think that's where a lot of people are at sometimes. They can acknowledge, I know Jesus died for this, and I want to experience the power of that, but I keep going back to it, Mm -hmm. and I I keep continuing to feel like I'm enslaved to this. How do I experience freedom from this? If I've experienced forgiveness from this, now how do I experience freedom from this? that's a whole different discussion.
1: Yeah.
0: And you're going to be talking about yeah. in, in the upcoming series. Yeah, right? well, yeah. well, So, speaking of new
1: series, can you give us a little bit more of a preview of that? Yeah. So you keep new, talking about it. I'm yeah, like, man, this yeah. is awesome. So, yeah. it's
2: gonna, we're going to be in it for a while. It's going to be six weeks. And um, real simple title of the series that, I mean, I'm sure a thousand churches have done the series before, <laughs> From Stressed uh, to Blessed. From Stressed uh, to Blessed. Uh, but, like, okay. I, I didn't rip off the series. Like, you know, all of the sermons are going to be, like, we're, I'm going to spend time each week in God's Word and write the sermons. Yeah. But I, I like I I like that way of thinking because I think it captures a number of ways that a lot of us feel. Um, I feel stressed in this particular area of my life. Um, how do I experience blessing in this particular, particular mm-hmm. area of my life? So, we'll talk about kind of the usual suspects. We'll talk about marriage. We'll talk about finances. Mm-hmm. Might throw in some parenting. Um, we'll talk about the idea of kind of what does it mean to actually be a believer in today's world? You know, mm-hmm. there's, a, but I am going to do a message on, um, Oftentimes, and this is, this is towards the end of the series, and so this is a very 50,000-foot perspective sure. of this. Yeah. And by the time we get there in a few weeks, it might be a little clearer. I'm still praying through some of the language to, to communicate on this, so I'm getting ahead of myself on this. Mm-hmm. So give me some grace if this has come out the right way. Sometimes we're experiencing some stress because of some entangling sin. Mm-hmm. So what do you do about that? And um, that's a different approach right. to experience yeah. the blessing in your life as opposed to I'm drowning in debt. What do I do? Okay, I'm stressed. I want to experience God's blessing. Well, you know, it's a, that's a different you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's, yeah, absolutely. A, there, there's a greater there's a great principle at work, and that's really where we're going to start this week, right? Like week mm-hmm. one in the series is going to be just foundationally. We're, we're not going to like zero in on any particular area. Sure. We're just going to try to establish some foundational— Different sources
0: of stress. Yeah. What yeah. What so saying. what's
2: actually going on there? You yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as a believer, is it okay? Am I being sinful if I right. feel stressed? Yeah. You know what I'm right. supposed to do with yeah. that? And is we're going to talk about all of that. And then as the series goes on, we'll kind of get into some very specific areas. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, honestly, this is a good series. If you have input, let us know. I mean, typically when I approach a sermon series, I've got, you know, if it's six weeks, four of the messages are already, you know, at least I know. And then sure. two of them, as the series goes on, the Lord begins to provide clarity. Yeah. Here's how you need to wrap this thing up. Yeah, Hey, shoot me an email. Hey, talk about this. Like, I'm experiencing stress in this particular area. Okay. And it may not be a sermon in this series, but one of the things we are going to do, I'll go ahead and just let, we'll go ahead and make this announcement today. Yeah, <laughs> um, We're going to take probably October. And um, I'm going to reach out to, um, I mean, I guess we could do this for the entire church. That might be the easiest way to do this. I haven't told you all this yet, but um, uh-huh. I really want to hear from our Vaughn Forest Church family. W- what are some things you would love to hear addressed from the pulpit <clears throat> in 2023? Okay. Mm-hmm. So the month of October and November is when I pray through sermon series for the next year. And the Holy Spirit is involved in planning and the Holy Spirit is involved in spontaneity. So just because we plan the series, that doesn't always mean that ends up being the series we do but um, y'all know this about me, all October all I do is pop in and out of everybody's offices you know, (laughs) know, talk to everybody and pray and I I try to get as much input from as many people as possible and truthfully even um, this time last year there was still a little bit of uncertainty like how much planning can we do or is things going to shut back down again well thankfully all that's behind us now so I feel like with confidence I can reach out to people and go okay for 2023 uh, and um, so be looking for that email sometime in the next four to six weeks and we'll create a little survey or, or by we, I mean somebody other than me, we'll create a little <laughs> bit of a survey and give you an opportunity because, um, I've, d- I've done this for years yeah. in churches and just the last few years kind of threw off that routine. But I love hearing from people and I love people saying like, man, I'd love to see what, what do you, God's word say about this or this yeah. particular topic yeah. or subject. So, um, look for that in the future, but even with this series, yeah. you know, if you stop me in the lobby or shoot me an email, like, Hey man, I, this may just be my house, but we're really feeling some <laughs> stress when it comes to, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, so I always love hearing from the people in our church because um, every time I go to lunch with somebody from our church or Morgan and I, you know, have a meal then a couple in our church or we're hanging out and kids are playing, like... The Holy Spirit uses you. Yeah. Yeah. The Holy Spirit speaks to me through you. Yeah. And sometimes I remember one time a guy in the lobby, he said something. As soon as he said it, I was like, That's what I've been looking for. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and people don't even know it sometimes. Yeah. So um so yeah, stressed to blessed, starting this Sunday six week series. Yeah. yeah. I do think it's a really good series to invite your unchurched friends to. Mm. So uh your unchurched friends understand stress. Yeah. yeah. And they probably would enjoy a little bit of blessing in their life. So right. Um, you know, there are some sermon series that lend themselves better to invite inviting unchurched friends and others. I think this is one of those series. So um, the, fall, the next series after that, we're doing a whole series on worship. And uh, we're going to sing a lot, and I think your unchurched friends would benefit from being here, but they may not see it as clearly. <laughs> sure. Whereas if sure. you tell them we're going to talk about stress, they probably yeah. have a little bit of that. Yeah, so yeah, have some boldness this week, and you know during the month of September, and invite your friends to church. I think they'll receive a blessing from it too.
0: Yeah, and that series starts this Sunday, this nine Sunday. thirty and eleven, yep. uh, here on campus. Uh, if you are traveling, you can always join us online, vonforest.com our YouTube channel, our Facebook page. We'll be we'll be live streaming all that. Well, gentlemen, what and our are the-
2: groups kick off too right? Oh, that's and right. Our yeah, fall groups Sunday. kick off this Sunday. Yeah. So we'll have a lot of people meeting on Sunday morning, meeting on Sunday night, meeting mm-hmm. throughout the throughout week. The week. Yep. So that's always exciting. Um, and there's still time. So even if some of your unchurched friends show up and they're like, Hey, how do I get one of those groups? Well, the yep. signups will stay open for a few more weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to that. And um, Chad will be sending out um, some communication to um, some of our group leaders. Well, not some of all of our group leaders, mm-hmm. Um, some of you know we're going to try to leverage our groups a little better just with communication. There's right. a lot of things happening in our church. Yeah. So uh, if your group leader says, "Hey, I need to fill you in a few things this week," you know, yeah. don't throw your pens at them. They're trying to like <laughs> you just help us get better at yeah. communicating. Yeah, so all that gets started yeah. this week. Well, too. Yeah, and
0: opportunities pop up all the time, and it's it's a great way for us to yeah. kind of yeah. communicate with all that stuff. So, well, gentlemen, I've enjoyed this conversation, and uh, I mean it's really really cool. Some of the some of the things we talked about today mm-hmm. I've never thought about before. So that's that's really good. Yeah. And so thank you guys for. joining joining us on behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy Jonathan, and myself. We appreciate you being here, and we will catch you next time.